Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. The impetus behind this segment is, uh, you know, sometimes you're standing in the shower and suddenly the noise in your brain clears and the shampoo in your ear clears and the, you know, soap in your eyes just comes out and in its place appears the, the perfect thought or creative question. You know, a question is just, oh, I wonder, how do they make um, stained glass? I don't know, whatever. And you don't know and oftentimes you forget or you don't write it down or whatever. Well, when you have a thought like that now, you should you should send it to us because – in this segment, we are tr- going to try to answer some of those unshakable questions that lurk in the back of your mind. And tonight, Professor Alan Blackman from Auckland's, uh, 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 from the Auckland University of Technology, I should say, is going to help us answer the question, why do we value gold so highly? Because it's not the rarest metal and um, it's, it's not the, the brightest metal. It's not the most practical metal. And yet, for some reason, for... Thousands and thousands of years, humans have dug and dug and dug. And what's that show? Deadwood? My goodness. The things people used to do for gold. Uh, once again, if you do have a, a lingering question that you want to um, an answer to, you can text it to us on 2101. And if you have a question for Alan as well, you can text it to us, 2101. Uh, he's joining us now by Zoom. Alan, g'day. Are you there? Hi, Emil. I am here. Lovely to have you company this evening. Um, I love talking to Alan Blackman. He's really, 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 really clever. And um, the first question that I have for him... Um, Setting me up there. I mean, I <laughs> Alan, tell me, what what is gold? What is it? Well, I've got, I've got to say, for a first question, it's a really, really good one. And oh, um, so to put it in sort of as simple terms as I can, gold is a substance that is made up of atoms that have exactly 79 protons in their nucleus. That's it. <laughs> so it's, that's, it's, that's, char- it's characterized by the number of protons that are in its nucleus. It absolutely is. Just like all of the elements, all of the elements, all the 118 on the periodic table, they've all got the specific number of protons in the nucleus. If the atom that you're interested in has 79 of them, then it is an atom of gold. All right. That's such a chemist answer to that question. I love it. Um, <laughs> where does go- Alan, where does gold come from? Well, again, <laughs> another good question. Um, well, in terms of where it came from originally, we've got to go back to um, sort of the Big Bang and how the elements eventually sort of came out of the Big Bang. And um, so the Big Bang produced a whole bunch of light elements, predominantly uh, hydrogen, helium, very, very light elements. And then in order to make heavier elements from these ones, we need to fuse them together. And that's a really, really, really high energy process. You're taking essentially nuclei, which are positively charged, and essentially you're fusing those nuclei together to make heavier elements, heavier atoms. Now, you can do that, but you can only do that up to element 26, which is iron, okay? Okay. 
which you asked in the quiz about I, I did. I, <laughs> I did. saw. Yeah. And so iron is the heaviest element that you can make via that method. So if you want to make any heavier elements, then you've got to go essentially to unimaginably high energy situations. And so for this, we're talking things like nuclear, sorry, neutron stars and supernovae. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So not, not Emil's gun um, show. Not Emil's biceps. No, yeah. no, de- definitely not. Definitely not. All so right. um, all of the gold must have come originally from these sorts of processes where instead of fusing nuclei together, what we're doing is that we're taking sort of maybe nuclei of, of iron or something like that, and we're hitting them with neutrons. Now, neutrons can get into the nuclei because they're neutral. Okay, they're not positively charged. Mm-hmm. So they can get into the nuclei And then when they get into the nucleus, then they undergo a thing called beta decay. And these neutrons magically turn into protons plus an electron plus a thing called an antineutrino. This is sort of high energy physics Mm -hmm. stuff. Um, And so basically all of the elements heavier than iron require this sort of method to be formed. Okay, so originally that's where all of the gold would have come from, Mm -hmm. from these sorts of things. And... It's kind of um, nice in terms of sort of talking about, you know, how, how gold, where, where it came from. And um, there's a New Zealand sort of uh, flavour to this because good old Ernest Rutherford, who we can never escape if um, we're talking chemistry, um, he used gold to figure out what the structure of the atom was. Uh-huh. And his, his Rutherford, his gold foil experiment, which I'm sure all of the, people who've been to school who, who are listening to this would, would know about, he got a very, 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 very thin sheet of gold foil that was only a few thousand atoms thick. He shot these things called alpha particles at them. Most of them went straight through. Some of them got deflected. Some of them got deflected straight back at him. And as a result of that, he took a couple of years thinking about what this meant. And what it meant was that the atom has got this big, positively charged nucleus and the electrons are sort of floating around in space around us. And, um, you know, that's one of the seminal experiments uh, that showed us what the atom actually looks like. So, you know, Rutherford and gold are absolutely interlinked. Alan, just got a question through from Andrew in Opunake. <laughs> Why is gold yellow? <laughs> uh, I knew somebody would ask this. Yeah, yeah. Um, and again, another very, very good question, because lots of metals, most of the metals that we sort of think of uh, in terms of metals, they have that sort of, you know, metallic color. They look like, you know, essentially silver. Silvery gray. gray you know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. All that sort of stuff. So um, gold is different. And um, there aren't many metals on the periodic table that uh, are not sort of silvery gray. So gold is the obvious one. Another one is copper. Um, Cesium is a little bit sort of gold colored. Um, These sorts of things. So in simple terms, and this is a really cop-out answer, the reason it is yellow is because it absorbs blue light. Yellow is complementary. It's the complementary color to blue. And so therefore we see that as yellow okay now that is a complete cop-out answer <laughs> because it doesn't answer the question why does gold absorb blue light okay mm-hmm. 
If you want the complicated answer, I'm going to cop out again. Sure. And I'm going to say. No, I encourage you to cop out when it comes to complicated <laughs> chemistry answers, Alan. I'm going to say, get in touch with Professor Peter Schwertfeger at Massey University, <laughs> who is the world expert, I kid you not, on why gold is yellow. And uh, this, the, the complicated answer is relativistic effects. And it's because the electrons in gold are moving at a significant fraction of the speed of light. So therefore, good old Einstein's theory of relativity comes into it. And then I understand no more after that. And this is where Peter would tell you the exact answer to that. So, all right. Yeah. No, that's good. <laughs> that, that was that was a good answer, Alan, because you kind of answered it and then you palmed it off onto a similarly intelligent person. And Andrew, if you, um, if you want um, Peter's email address, um, plug us a text and we will send it through to you. Um, Absolutely. Alan, what have we historically used gold for? Um, well, not a lot, really, if you're going to be truly sort of brutally honest. So um, the first thing is really decoration, adornment, those sorts of things. Because it's um, pretty. So, you know, if we if we go right back to, you know, what, what was the first sort of thing made of gold that has been um, reliably dated, mm -hmm. you go all the way back to um, the oldest gold artifact from Bulgaria, and that's around about sort of 4,000-ish BCE, there or thereabouts. So, um, and that was just sort of, uh, you know, just just a, a, an artifact. It wasn't anything useful or anything like that because we sort of think of um, the Bronze Age, the Iron Age, all of those sorts of things, which, dare I say it, all of those sort of advances in technology that occurred from um, being able to make these alloys and being able to isolate the elements um, were <laughs> essentially used to make better and better weapons, mm. weren't they? I, you know, pretty much. Now, yeah. Thankfully, gold is gold's a bit lousy to uh, use for that because it's so darn soft. So, um, in terms of doing stuff with it, you're really looking at um, the fact that it looks utterly gorgeous, and that's really sort of its only redeeming feature, or certainly was for you know pretty much thousands of years. So decorative um, things, essentially. So jewellery, stuff like that. Um, coins. So the first mm -hmm. gold coins were minted around about 600 BCE, and that was in Western Turkey under a guy by the name of King Croesus. Mm -hmm. And so that's where our, um, we talk about as being as rich as Croesus, and that was that guy there. So the problem, as I said, with gold, it's too soft to do anything really well with. So in terms of making things out of it, it's too soft. And so what often happens with gold is that it gets alloyed with other metals mm -hmm. to harden it up so that therefore um, you can do stuff with it. And even then, you know, there's, there's, there's not really a heck of a lot that you can do with it. What might interest you, Emil, is um, the fact that... Uh, <laughs> Gold was occasionally used in executions. Ooh. Oh, with the um, like the Greek, um, the the or the Game of Thrones with the melted gold over the head. Is it is it that is it that? Well, very very similar to that. Those of you of a sensitive disposition, please plug your ears out because yeah. um, they would pour molten gold down your throat. Oh, um, so yeah, yeah, I know. 
So there was a Roman general, Marcus Crassus. Uh, He had this done to him. Valerian the Elder, he was a Roman emperor. And there was also an unfortunate Spanish governor in colonial Ecuador in the year 1599. They all had this happen to them. So um, in terms of uses, again, for quite a few thousand years, not a heck of a lot. Now in our 21st century um, world, there are a a few more uses. But still... Not a heck of a lot, you know, if we're going to be honest. Yeah, yeah. We'll get to the the modern day in just a second, but you, you said something there that I wanted to pick up on. You said gold has been used a lot by humans as a kind of, as a, a currency, gold coins. Um, and, right. you know, yeah. currency in, in sort of the purest sense of the world, the word rather is, you know, a generic item that we have decided has value and can be traded for other things. Why is gold mm-hmm. good for this? Why not, uh, you know, copper or iron or... Um, or, or platinum, or aluminium, or, or any of the other metals on the periodic table. <laughs> well, um, in terms of um, the properties of gold, two of the really important properties of gold that lend itself to being used for these sorts of things are the fact that it's relatively rare and it is um, chemically unreactive and. If you're going to choose something to be the basis of, say, your currency, then those are two good things that um, you know are going to make it, for example, uh, difficult to counterfeit. Okay, it's going to be very, very difficult to make fake gold. Um, one of the properties of gold is it's extremely dense. So, its density, for those of you who are interested, nineteen point three grams per cubic centimeter. Okay, so a cubic center of a cubic centimeter of gold weighs nineteen point three grams. And for comparison, lead, which we think of as being pretty dense, that's around about eleven grams per cubic centimeter. So gold's roughly about twice as dense as lead. So if you're trying to make counterfeit gold if you're trying to get away with that it's going to be very very difficult to find something that's got a similar sort of density that you can then sort of tie up and make look like gold so um that really is or, or those are, are, are really the important things and the fact obviously that it's relatively rare you can't just pick it up from anywhere um and um you know those those are really really important um factors and it's always been valuable. You know, it's all, it's always been valued, let's say. Um, and it's always been valuable in terms of the fact that, as you said, it can be um, exchanged for goods and stuff like that. And um, in about the 18th or 19th century, somebody had the bright idea of, of sort of linking uh, paper currency to mm-hmm. the value of gold. And so then we had the gold standard that was bought in. And forgive me, I'm not an economist. Uh, but, you know, that that was then linked, uh, the two were sort of linked inextricably, the US dollar and the value of gold, up till 1971 when Nixon did away with that. That's right, yeah. And now essentially what we have is just paper money that is not linked to anything tangible behind it. And so you can just go and literally print money, which is, which is what you often hear. Or just add, um, add numbers to a makes- spreadsheet these days, Alan. <laughs> You, you mentioned one of the uh, elements I think you mentioned was aluminium. You said, mm-hmm. why, why don't we use aluminium? And in fact, at one time uh, in the 19th century, aluminium was in fact worth more than gold because it was much rarer than gold because elemental aluminium is a really difficult thing 
to um, to get. And yeah, again, you had a question in the um, quiz about uh, the TY point aluminium smelter. Mm -hmm. We know what extraordinary amounts of electricity that takes yeah. in order to turn bauxite, which is an aluminium oxide, into elemental aluminium. It's like 15% of the entire energy production of New Zealand, yeah, I believe. Yeah. Um, and, and back at that time, the French emperor, Napoleon III, if you were on his good side, you would get to eat with his aluminium cutlery set, <laughs> while the rest of the plebs had to do had to make do with the gold set. Okay, because at that stage, aluminium was more expensive than gold. So yeah, that's great. Alan, how much gold have, do we know? How much gold we humans have mined ever in the history of ever? Yeah, we we kind of do, and and it amazes me that we do. And don't ask me how we know that we do, but we seemingly do. And so the best estimates for all of the gold that we've mined in, you know, all of these thousands of years, all of it, and this blows me away, all of the gold would fit into a cube that is 22 metres by 22 metres by 22 metres, cricket pitch, basically, lengths, okay, of a, of a cube. Of a cube. So that's, what? that's not a heck of a lot. Yeah, that's it. That's it. That's all, all the gold, gold that's ever. ever been mined. Yeah, yeah. And so that quick mental calculation comes out at 10,648 cubic meters. Now, oh, the gold let's try and so it's heavy. Yeah. <laughs> yes, indeed. Let's let's put that into sort of numbers or, or sort of ideals that, that people can get their heads around. And apparently the best thing to do is an Olympic-sized swimming pool right. because volume is always measured in Olympic-sized swimming <laughs> pools. So roughly... All of the gold that's ever been mined is around about four Olympic-sized swimming pools. And if we are going to put that into a weight, we said that it's very, very dense, that's roughly 200,000 tonnes, metric tonnes. And if we're going to put a value on that on today's price of gold, which is $106 a gram, $106 New Zealand dollars a gram, we're, we're not talking ounces here on RNZ because we are metric. We're metric, that's um, why. Yeah, we are metric. That equates to around about um, twenty-one trillion dollars. Nice, all up. Good work if you can make it. Yeah, eh? yeah. Now you mentioned earlier on, earlier on in, in in this in this segment that there are contemporary uses for gold that are not decoration or currency or any of this. So t t take us. We've got a couple of minutes left, so a couple of questions more. But t take us through what the what the um what the current uses for gold are. Okay, so there's um, quite a lot of interest in gold in medicine, of all things. So um, it's long been known that um, gold compounds can be very, very useful against rheumatoid arthritis. And so there's a lot of interest in looking at other drugs to perhaps treat other diseases. Um, so there's lots of gold compounds that are being studied as uh, potential anti-cancer agents. Uh, there's biological imaging agents, uh, radiotherapeutic agent using radioactive gold isotopes. Um, and despite all of that, only five gold-containing drugs have ever been approved for arthritis. Mm. Um, where else does gold find use? Very much so in electronics. And um, again, the reason being that gold is nice and inert. It doesn't oxidize. It doesn't tarnish. All of those good sorts of things. Mm. And so... What you often find is you need um, metal connectors because they conduct electricity very well. The best is silver, but that can tarnish. Copper is next, but again, that can also oxidize. 
gold is the third best, but it's got that great stability. It doesn't react with atmospheric oxygen, and so therefore it's always going to retain its um, very, very high uh, conductivity. And so those are just sort of a few um, of the uh, things that gold is used for. Mostly from what I can see, gold just sits in bloody bank vaults. So... <laughs> um, the US has got 8,000 tonnes of it flowing around. Germany's got about 3,500 tonnes. The French, the Italians, the Russians, the Chinese, they've got a couple of thousand tonnes, et cetera, et cetera. And the rest seems to be jewellery everywhere. There's yeah. jewellery all around the show. And that point you make about gold not tarnishing, that's pretty amazing, right? Because I, I, I think I've read that the, you know, there are shipwrecks that, um, that, that sank you know, hundreds or, or, or thousands of years ago and, and sometimes treasure hunters yep. manage to get to them and they retrieve gold yes, artifacts that shine just as brilliantly now as they ever have done. Absolutely. And that is because of the fact that it just doesn't react with anything. You get a very, 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 very fine oxide layer on the surface of pure gold. And then that's absolutely inert. You can't um, dissolve gold and things like hydrochloric acid or nitric acid or sulfuric acid, all of those common acids. If you want to dissolve gold, the only thing that you're going to be able to use to do that is a thing called aqua regia or royal water or the king's water. And that's a mixture of three parts of hydrochloric acid and one part of nitric acid. And you get this beautiful um, sort of dark red solution um, of um, gold three ions in that case. So um, it's just, yeah, totally unreactive. And that's one of the reasons why we value it so much. So I guess in summary, we value gold these days because it has um, uses in electronics and potentially in medicine. Um, historically, we've valued gold because it's useless to make weapons with and relatively <laughs> rare, um, inert, and it looks pretty. Yeah, yeah. Pretty much, that's 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 pretty much about that. And you know, that pretty is the word there. I mean, yeah. that would have, you know, the first people to sort of come across gold, and they could have just, you know, stood on a gold nugget or something like that. Like there was a family in um, Australia about three or four years ago. They managed to <laughs> trip over a, a about um, six hundred gram gold nugget. You know, so these sorts of things still exist. Gold exists in its elemental form. It doesn't. Um, form yeah. compounds with other elements and so therefore you can just get it straight out of the ground beautiful stuff yeah. alan blackman yeah. thank you so yeah. much that was absolutely fascinating really appreciate your time tonight oh pleasure Emil. thank you botox cosmetic out of botulinum toxin a fda approved for over 20 years so talk to your specialist to see if botox cosmetic is right for you for full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.